0: Welcome to the podcast where all your media wishes are granted. You'll have VIP access to thought leaders in business, media, publishing, and more. Let's kick it with Julie Loken and the Media Casters.
1: If you don't know your self-worth, you need to know John Sarasani because he knows what you're worth, what he's worth, what we're all worth, and we are often so afraid to ask for more And we'll dive a little bit deeper into this, but it's so true. We feel that we cannot ask for more. We cannot ask for more money, more perks, more benefits. But we have John Sarasani here. He is the host of 2000% Raise. He has a book coming out in the near future, which I am definitely going to pre-order when it comes out. You can learn all about him in the show notes. John Sarasani, I betcha he has a lot to say today. Maybe or maybe not look at him he's not talking oh my god
0: i don't know if that was my cue or not that is your cue i am excited to be there i'm I'm watching it through the video screen it looked like you're still going to say something but um you know my intros are usually much longer jules well
1: you know what i'm going to do i will i will re-record the intro and you'll be blown away i'll just talk for 10 minutes all about it's all about john sarasani
0: I was totally kidding and you don't need to re-record any of that even this part right now he's awesome yeah yeah he's awesome he's
1: tan he's got the world at his palm he's calling his own shots seriously tell us a little bit about this yeah well two
0: thousand percent raise. the 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 concept is actually that yeah it's so difficult in corporate america to, to climb that salary ladder oh, yeah. at, at a pace that's any faster than cost of living adjustments from one year to the next. And that
1: sucks. That's a sucky place to be.
0: It's the truth, isn't it? It's the truth. And you know, unfortunately, to get a substantial raise in corporate America, you typically need to switch employers. You need to go work somewhere else. And mm-hmm. then maybe you go back to that other employer and you're doing the exact same job four years mm-hmm. later for, you know, the double the double the salary. Who knows? But but my concept is that hey, if you if you really want to do this the right way, here's the roadmap into going to business going into business for yourself. And um, corporate America has what I believe is brainwashed all of us to mm-hmm. feel like you can't be an entrepreneur, you can't compete. And, and typically, I'm talking about the business to business environment mm-hmm. where you need to the clients only want to work with the corporate giants they have twenty thousand employees 50 offices you know Mm -hmm. if if you go out on your own you'll never be able to compete with them and it's it's just not the case um and i use my my past as a as a guide i i did just that
1: i mean you're a smart guy northwestern correct
0: that is correct look
1: at the research my team did
0: That is an incredible Google.
1: Google (laughs) is my team. But, you know, so you're a smart guy. You started building your professional acumen at an early age. What was the onus for you to say, I can't do this no more?
0: You know i was fortunate i worked in um the insurance industry group and in corporate insurance so it wasn't mm-hmm. like selling life insurance or individual policies it was it was the bigger you know business to business kind of side of it and um i i landed a job when i was 25 years old I, I left the company i was at to go to go work with this insurance giant called arthur j gallagher and i had this perception Shout out yeah arthur, arthur j gallagher they're big, big they're billion dollar fortune you know for uh, publicly traded company mm-hmm. they're big time but I, I gotta tell you, I was so excited to get that damn job there, and I was under this—I um, don't know—I guess like uh, the smoke and mirrors of thinking that there was like something magically that happened there that they were doing for their clients. Mm-hmm. You know, oh gosh, I'm gonna learn all these hot secrets. I'm gonna, and then you get there and you learn they're just doing the exact same thing everyone else is. But but as an industry, we've we've developed this perception um, that really isn't reality. At the end of the day, the deliverables for the client was the exact same thing I was giving to my clients at the other place. Mm -hmm. And um, after working there for a few years, I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I could give these same deliverables to my clients, working for myself, put myself on top of the org chart and built equity in myself Mm -hmm. versus somebody, somebody else. And you know that's where uh, the two thousand percent raise uh, raise came in, and, and even more important than just the year to year financial piece, you're you're building freedom for yourself when you own your own company, and you're also putting, um, you know, you're building something you could sell at the end. Um, you know. So.
1: Well, true or false? This is a being an entrepreneur is easy. <laughs> true I or would, false?
0: I I would say. Gosh, that's, that's a that's a black and white question, isn't it? I, I'm going to go with false if I have to answer one or the other.
1: Well, you have to have a certain kind of grit and resilience yeah. to be an entrepreneur because I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs who yeah. who give up at yeah. month six, year one, because yeah. they're not seeing the ROI in the, what they're giving out.
0: Right, exactly. And that, that, the, the long-term benefit um, – that you really don't always see very clearly in the beginning is tough. And, and if you got, you know, bills to pay walking away from, you know, it's it's, it's, it's not just what yeah. it's costing you right this second, it's the opportunity cost. You yeah. know, if, you're, if, you're, if you're losing money, not only am I losing a couple grand a month or whatever, I'm also losing the $90,000 I might be making working for someone else right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's a tough pill to swallow. So people got to go into that with their eyes wide open, most certainly.
1: Well, I don't that's why I don't think a lot of people do it because yeah. they are handcuffed, you know, yep. handcuffed to benefits handcuffed to consistency. Yeah. yeah, But it's so much more exhilarating doing things on your own and being creative and figuring it all out.
0: That, that's so true. And another thing is, you know, not only they're handcuffed, you call them the golden handcuffs, even golden if making,
1: handcuffs, you know, correct,
0: for, certainly. And uh, the, the issue on top of it is they're surrounded by people. <laughs> that don't have that entrepreneurial spirit in mm-hmm. them because they're their employees just like them oftentimes w-2 employees and mm-hmm. it might be someone you look up to in your office okay you know what i really respect that guy he's my boss or she's my
1: managers exactly and she's my boss
0: <laughs> you know I, i'm gonna be the regional vice president one a day and I, i'm gonna go to mifflin higher thank you exactly the, the what is it the uh the assistant uh the assistant to the manager or whatever um right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but i gotta tell you though you know the, the mistake people make is they'll go to those people for guidance or advice. You you share your idea, say, you know, say you're 30 years old and you're looking up to a person that's been there longer, say in their 40s or 50s and you ask them their advice on this idea you got. Well, well <laughs> they can't say it's a good idea because then they would be saying that, "Shit, this this person that's, you know, below me on the totem pole is going to jump way way ahead of me." And you know, they're not going to say it if they do think it but chances are they don't even think it anyway because they're scared to do it themselves.
1: So true, so true. And even me taking that step into the land of being an entrepreneur, right. I had the safety net of a husband who makes a decent income. So it wasn't as risky for me, right. but a lot of people that I do talk to, they are so afraid because it comes down to the money, money, money. But I say from right now, John, to the last breath you take is this how you want to be living your life
0: right now oh most certainly well
1: now but like let's you know or mary or sue or tom
0: well and, and i gotta tell you that's something i get into in my book quite a bit mm-hmm. it's like look at all this time you're spending <laughs> and what are you what are you looking forward to you're looking forward to your vacation you're looking forward to retirement one day you're looking forward to you know oh, what,
1: retirement I mean, you're in retirement aren't you
0: <laughs> sort it's of so I boring guess. but yeah. you're not
1: you're not you're shaking retirement up
0: but, you know, it's I got a lot of friends and I got a lot of people in my family that are um, public school teachers and, and oh, the man, of, you know, in the them. state, the state. you know what? And, and in the state of Illinois, you know, if you're in the right school districts, you get you get pr- paid pretty well, but they're still waiting. Okay, you know why they're doing it? Because they get to retire early because they have summers off. You got a you pension. Know, well, exactly. But it's all these things that don't involve what their job is going to work each day. And and don't don't take me wrong. And they're also there for the right reasons. But when you hear them talk about the great things about their job, oftentimes they're talking about the other things I said, those kinds of perks, okay? Mm -hmm. Versus versus an entrepreneur that could actually control his own destiny. I'm excited to go into the office each day. What's gonna happen next? You know, um, what am I gonna learn from one of my clients? so it's uh i I always just encourage people to say you know listen you're spending a lot of time on this earth as uh, you know working and um you know working
1: for the man
0: find a job you actually like you know what i mean if all you're worried about is 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 looking forward to retirement one day that's that doesn't mean you really like your job very much
1: i know (laughs) and then you know you get in your 40s 50s and there's no people think there's no turning back from that age point you know that i've done it for 20 years i'm gonna yep. do it for 20 more years
0: yep yep i uh one of one of my chapters in the books t- t- book talks about that and, and I, I use myself as an example i i before i quit my job i went and asked for a raise and it was mm-hmm. a substantial raise and um i was hoping they'd give it to me yeah but now that i look back thank god they, they didn't said give no? it to me yeah they said no they said i just can't you got do the it the heisman Listen, I was making I was 27 years old. The environment there at the time was almost like a hierarchy. And for them, it just wouldn't have looked right in the culture if a 27-year-old was making more than 40 year olds and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and whatever. God God bless them. It's a great company. And I I think they changed that model nowadays anyway. But but the 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 thing is, I'm really thanking them for not giving me that raise. Because if had they given me that raise, I might not ever have left. You know, I, I probably wouldn't have. And why is that? Because that salary goes up. I buy more things with it. I have more obligations with it. I get used to that lifestyle. You got a new car. Yeah, exactly. And now you got to walk away (laughs) from that. And then as an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs should be looking at this. I I surely did. How long is it going to take me to replace my existing salary when I go out on my own? Okay. And the bigger knows that
1: answer though, I feel like like that's an, an answer you can't Really quantify because you don't know.
0: Well, if for me it was quantifiable in in the sense because I I was leaving to go into the same industry, so I could kind of look at it, you know what I mean? I could look at it and say, okay. You know our clients are worth X per year. If I get twelve clients, I'll be breaking even. How long is it going to take me to get twelve clients? Maybe a year and a half. You know what I mean. So, I, so I did the numbers like that. But, but you're absolutely right. If you, if if you're just saying, "Hey, I'm out of here and I'm leaving my accounting job to go open up a, a pizza franchise," then yeah. you know you you might have a, a more difficult time figuring that out. It's
1: it's a lot, and. I don't know if you know this about me. No, I did the research on John before he came onto this show, he came into the studio, the Mediacaster studio. But I have written two books on how to start a business, how to be an entrepreneur. And I really wrote it as a guidebook for all my clients because I was telling them the same things over and over again. I'm like, here, grab my book. But it there is so much involved. And if you're going into the same business, insurance, or you know, starting a franchise pizza parlor, it's kind of pre-made for you. But what if you're starting a coaching business, or you want to start a publishing business, or writing books, or being a graphic designer? What is your best advice for those people?
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I always think if you're mature in your career, like as as if you as if you've been doing over forty. Okay. Yeah, and and really, just anyone that's just working, that's relying on their their mm-hmm. salary right now. Um, I recommend giving you know give yourself some runway, so you, so you can make some mistakes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean if if you're if your uh, you know disposable income uh, savings account stretches out to last you four months right now, maybe maybe tighten up an extra year and yeah. get that to seven or eight months b- before you you launch it launch the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so you know and, and i think a lot of people too yeah, i mean it depends what they are but but some of the things you just named you, you could p- potentially start those out part-time or as a side hustle mm-hmm. before it turns into a career too right
1: oh my god i never recommend someone just to say yeah. sayonara i'm starting yeah. a job to, i'm starting my new business tomorrow and yeah. i have no yeah. idea what the heck i'm doing you know you have to be smart about it you don't don't be stupid stupid
0: well, I, I got to tell you, and 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 the, when you do start that other, when you keep your job and you're doing something else, all right, for, mm-hmm. I I believe, <laughs> because at some point there's going to be an eclipse of where you're spending your time, and from an ethical standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. you work and say you're some W two job and you're getting paid X and during lunch and every you know hour at your work computer you're checking your other business, at some point there's going to be an eclipse where it starts to become almost unethical, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay, you got to make a decision you shouldn't really be working there anymore. And you should quit your job and focus full-time here. And you know, I, I, I tell people that's, that's, that's the problem you want to have. When you get to that point, that's the good problem to have. right? Okay?
1: No, I love that. And you know, one particular person I'm thinking about, she is a bride woman, winner of her family. She makes a very nice living, but she cannot stand her job. And she's kind of slowly morphed into the, business of the business of corporate coaching and it is really about the bottom line and when you're talking about two two thousand percent raise i think you're probably also talking about up leveling and raising your life by two thousand percent as well
0: exactly exactly that the initial the initial name of of the book was was um specific to compensation but i broadened the term um greatly by but when i when i started the podcast because <laughs> they, the they, most they amazing been,
1: podcast
0: thank you the the the, <laughs> the the specific term it was originally meant for would have lasted maybe two or three episodes i needed to broaden that and and we do everything <laughs> we, do it yeah, we, and it, and, it, and it could be in life too. You know, we have mm-hmm. a financial focus professionally, and um, and just growth, but but it's also just leveling up um yourself with with um you know in life in general.
1: Doesn't just thinking about the bottom line and finances just get old after a while? I mean, okay, when you're at a certain place and you don't care about money anymore, but right. doesn't no. it just get old? Always thinking about. Yeah. I mean, yes you need shelter and maslow's hierarchy of needs you need shelter you need safety mm. you need food but right. at what point is it where you just shouldn't care
0: yeah uh um well I'll answer that two ways i guess you know i i think uh i think i was kind of at that point when when i after i sold my company i had an earnout with a private equity firm and by the time that earnout was done i was like okay i don't even want to think about money anymore i'm just mm-hmm. ready to put this behind me and Luckily I was in a position to you know enable me not to stress about it at least. And it wasn't until I started this podcast, Jules, that I I became more intrigued just just more globally with money because there's so many different mm-hmm. ways to skin a cat and make money. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's, look
1: at how excited you look. You're like your eyes are popping out of your head. You're like, Oh, well,
0: seriously, I got into this venture capital stuff and these founders and entrepreneurs. What are, is
1: venture capitalism? So I mean i know but you probably have a better idea
0: the 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 easiest way to put it is like shark tank okay where people are (gasps) i
1: love myself some shark tank
0: yep that's right that's right so that's what i do for a living now i retired and by the way as a venture capitalist you don't necessarily make any money we could call it a job call it a Mm -hmm. group really you're just you're investing so on a regular basis all these entrepreneurs coming to me and founders and pitching me ideas and you know they're really just trying to raise money and Mm -hmm. uh it's just it's it, it, it's um it's exciting because you're finding things out that oh crap I never thought of that idea that's a pretty cool idea and oh wait a minute okay like like sports gambling is a big one right now especially mm-hmm. in Illinois it's you know if you turn on the damn TV.
1: we're both from Illinois if you haven't noticed
0: <laughs>
1: gotta Every get night. out of the state
0: well I think there's about 20 states roughly right now and I think 25 mm-hmm. or whatever but call it 20 20 states right now that sports gambling is legalized mm-hmm. there's 30 states that it's not. Now, there's entrepreneurs, though, thinking that this is an immature space that's still going to be that's going to be huge, kind of like cannabis in years past, Mm -hmm. where it used to be just California and Colorado. And over the time,
1: Illinois, welcome cannabis family.
0: (laughs) And as all these other states seeing the revenue that they're missing Mm -hmm. out on, okay that's starting to happen now with sports gambling where more and more states are coming on so anyhow you know stuff that i normally wouldn't see on the surface or think about all these entrepreneurs are coming out in the tech space with applications for sports gambling i go whoa that's a pretty crowded space yeah but we're gonna focus on you know wisconsin where it's not legal yet and we're gonna get players involved that kind of free-to-play game and mm-hmm. then when it comes there a big company like FanDuel or Caesar's Palace or whomever is going to come and buy us out, and you know, and maybe I invest, maybe I don't. But just hearing people's mindsets, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like for me, I, that's not—I I never built a company to sell it one day. I built a company to make money and mm-hmm. help help my clients. I got—I was fortunate. Private equity came in and bought us for for a lot of money. But what do
1: you I mean was, by private equity bought us?
0: So, so private equity firms will. um, in my case, it was called a private equity roll up approach where they were buying other it was a a big insurance company Mm -hmm. was buying smaller insurance companies up and rolling them into their organization. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how it works. And they typically buy you for some kind of multiple um, of your revenue. So you have this, Mm -hmm. you have this huge payday. So like,
1: (laughs) Hello, (laughs)
0: Exactly. So that's kind of what happened. I, w- <laughs> I was like, I'm never selling my company. I'm going to hand it off to my kids one day and whatever. And yeah. th- then private equity entered the insurance space. And
1: Damn, uh, those kids, they can figure it out on their own, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, right, <laughs> kids, <we're- laughs> Sorry. Um, they basically bought us for like 12. It would have taken me 12 more years to make what I made wow. in, the one, in the one transaction. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I, I never... If, had private equity not been involved then it never would have sold for that much so i was very fortunate from that standpoint
1: what is hitting a windfall like that due to you do as a to a, as you as a human being because i know like it, if someone senses that you're famous or mm-hmm. you have a lot of money you make a lot of friends that truly aren't real friends
0: yeah well, or you gain
1: negative attention
0: <laughs> that's definitely happening <laughs> it has mm-hmm. happened um you know, for for, for me, it, I, I when I built my company, there was a build. I, I owned it for almost ten years, so there was a build where I was doing better and better each year financially. So I had kind of eased into it. It wasn't like I went from you know like rags to riches in one transaction. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference for me though was I was making that much money, and the reason private equity was was buying us me for that much was because I was making a lot of money. They would have done that if we weren't. So so, you know, the biggest game changer for me with that event if you want to call it that was that i didn't have to work anymore so mm-hmm. i i go from spending all this time i was 37 years old working my rear off at so sold yeah dude. <laughs> I, was, I was 37 i was working my rear end off it was mm-hmm. uh t- 2015 and um you know just you know then that, then that happened, and I didn't have to work anymore, which was, you know, crazy. Wait, is my math wrong? I, that's what I hesitated. Wait, was was it 2015? Was I 37? Yeah, yeah. Because
1: you're 44 now, right? Exactly. Look at yeah, that I'm research. Thanks, thanks, Google.
0: I'm actually not. I'm not 45. Or
1: 45
0: I just 44. 46. I just turned 46 in December. Oh, you're not
1: that much younger than me.
0: Yeah, but like I just turned 46. So I see. This like is what 45. happens when
1: you ask for a two thousand percent raise. You have no yeah. idea how old you are. <laughs>
0: Did I sell it on 2014? Maybe I did. Anyway, no, I sold on 2015. The devil's in the yeah. details. John. I'm 46 now, but it's December of 2022 right now. So anyway, I, I'm gonna have to get a calculator out. I'm confusing myself. But wow. but that was the biggest difference. And, and you're
1: a numbers person, right? Too? Should I be I am. <laughs> and,
0: and if it wasn't gonna be boring for your audience, I would like pause our interview right now and figure out. Oh, I am an editor.
1: Reference. He can pause it. <laughs>
0: um I guess I was thirty eight. I was thirty eight so now we old. know
1: you can do this at 38 years old but uh, you know I find it fascinating you do this you're calling your own shots you start your own biz and then you're kind of just you know I think what I really love is that you're calling your own shots so you right. are calling the 2,000 percent raise mm-hmm. and but now you can, you have even more control so to speak over your life I mean you can go to Mexico for a week you can do a podcast you can write a book
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, what
1: what does the future hold for someone that is calling these shots and who's I, living life,
0: yeah, and xing I, it? I, you know, and by the way, my math was screwed up. I, I was thirty. Oh, he's
1: going back, you guys. How old is he? He has no idea.
0: Was, this I is the funny part. To, I was supposed to do an employment contract, an employment contract for five years after I sold, and I only ended up doing it four and a half years. That's why my math was screwed up. The process started when we I was thirty-seven.
1: We forgive you. We but forgive you that, here at the
0: media like your audience could be like this guy's full of shit he doesn't even know when he sold this company Uh, (laughs) but
1: it's because you've been just like living your life so you don't think about these things
0: yeah um but you know the biggest thing for me in, in that regard is and it's something i'm still wrapping my head around is this you spend your whole life building building mm-hmm. building trying to you know make, like make money and i'm saving money putting it away mm-hmm. i was never doing stupid shit when i was younger like i lived downtown chicago and i was like you know all the, all the cool kids are driving their you know lamborghinis mm-hmm. and buying boats and I, I never did any of that shit, knowing knowing i was in financially a way better position than a lot of people that were and um um because i was always trying to save i was always trying to save mm-hmm. and, and then when I got to the point where I'm at, you're now spending because I don't right. have any. I don't have any money coming in, <laughs> so it's right. now, so now it's like money going out instead of in, and it's uh, you know it's a paradigm shift.
1: It's so fascinating to me, and it's a lifestyle so so many people are just driven to live by, but yet so many people are caught up in that cycle of the corporate handcuffs. So. I love that. What would be the best tips that you could give somebody to kind of take that leap, to start calling their shots, to ask for, from themselves, really, a 2,000% yeah. raise?
0: Yeah. Well, I I always recommend, and I know this is not realistic for everybody, or, or maybe the people aren't going to be passionate about it as, as much, but i like to tell people to say evaluate yourself within your industry and start a job within the industry or start a company within the industry that you're already in or or at least evaluate what your worth is to that organization okay some roles are a lot easier to figure this out if you're in like a production or a sales rep role okay figure out how much of the company's resources you're using in that sales process all right and Exactly. Well, and, and it's like, okay, how much money are you bringing in now? The, depending on what you're selling, the, the math could get a little bit, you know, more more complicated. But but how much are you making? Is do you have an account manager that's helping you? Do you have a manager that's actually active? How much would a office rent be? And then compare that number for versus versus the money that you're actually bringing in. And you know that that's what the company is making off of you, and and, mm-hmm. and start looking at it. You know through that through that lens now if if you're if you're um not passionate about an industry that you're in um you know but you want to you know you you, you want to be a business owner find something mm-hmm. that you're actually interested in and get a job in that industry before you turn around and start your company mm-hmm. the only exception to that would be is if you went to like a franchise model or something like that mm-hmm. where, where they're going to train you and they're going to hold your hand in it mm-hmm. um but but I I tell people though like you know you don't you know if, if you have if you've been a you know you know uh you know of a, a PR you, you you you've worked at a PR agency don't turn around or you know start a nail salon or don't start a med spa right you don't know, like people come up with the idea that they could start a med spa because they go to med spas a lot I mean yeah they know. like Botox Exactly, exactly. So.
1: No, that's fascinating. It's staying in your own lane, but by, but being creative as well and doing it the right way, finding those anchors, finding those mentors like John Sarasani. Thank you. He's amazing. And I think everybody out here needs to do a self-evaluation, a self-audit on their lives, their professional lives, and are they doing the thing that is going to feed them to their very last breath? Right. and i cannot wait for your book to come out two thousand percent raise john sarasani and also you have to listen to his podcast everything is going to be in the show notes and we're going to finally figure out how old he is that is <laughs> what i that is what we're dying to know how old is he and exactly. he's still calculating it in his head but it it's a pleasure and oh. follow him on instagram he's got an amazing feed he's inspirational and he'll give you kind of that little push to think about things differently so thank you so much john for being here i'm a huge fan and you are always welcome here on the media casters so i end every episode by asking every guest to say let's kick it let's do it let's kick it
0: let's kick it Thanks for listening to another episode of the Media Casters. You can keep this conversation going and kick it with Karina and Jules in live office hours each week. Visit themediacasters.mn.co to sign up. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe whenever you listen. Let's kick it.